Welcome to Real Film Review, the show that delivers short spoiler-free reviews of films, TV shows, and limited series, followed by a deep dive discussion. Brought to you by your host, Chris Cheney. Here is Real Film Reviewed. All right, welcome back to another special episode of Real Film Reviewed. I'm Chris Cheney, and I am joined by my special guest, Amanda from The Sip List. What's up, Amanda? Not much. Living the dream. What's up with you? For sure. <laughs> How are our teams doing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God. I will be there. I will be in San Antonio for the Alamo Bowl watching my team lose, but it'll be all right. <laughs> At least you're in a bowl. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Surgeons aren't doing anything. <laughs> Anyways, we had a point. Anyways, yeah. Um, our <laughs> top films by genre. So I had to tap the professional for this one of the uh, the professional of the top five list. So we are going to go down by genre and share our top films, at least that we feel. Um, I kind of I kind of cited on what I feel are like my classics for these. So mm-hmm. the best genres. So I know there's going to be a lot of honorable mentions. It's really hard to narrow it down like best horror movie ever. Like, OK, <laughs> well, and on my show, it's never about what's the critically acclaimed best blah 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 it's about what you personally enjoy the most so because in my opinion those can be different lists and they would be for me like you know if if I was going to say Chopping Mall is one of my all-time favorite horror movies would it make top five best horror movies of all time hell no (laughs) yeah that movie's terrible (laughs) agreed yeah and so this list is definitely going to be um, at least my list for sure and i'm sure yours will be different than what uh, history might consider the best but this will be fun we'll see if we have any in common too i think we'll have a few all right and i did not put real views on any of these good job chris (laughs) i can do this i can do it on the fly okay (laughs) long as i've seen the movie a few times (laughs) <laughs> All right, so let's start off. I'm going to have you go first, Amanda. So your best horror movie. Halloween, 1978. I'm shocked. That should not be a shocker. <laughs> it's shocking, I tell you. I no. And that one, I would say, I would argue is the best horror movie of all time, or at least belongs in the top three of anybody's list. But for me, it's my number one. It is. It's definitely a great one. It's definitely and it's a recognized classic. And I think that probably historic historically that might be considered the the best. My thing with with Halloween, obviously, I'm a little younger, so my movies are all going to be I think all of mine are in the 90s. (laughs) So they're like one generation after. But I have um, one older than that. We'll see. And that that's what was hard for me in this, because I really like Psycho um, Hitchcock's Psycho. That's Mm -hmm. one of my absolute favorite horror movies. But I really loved Halloween 2 a lot. After I saw Halloween 2 all the way through again, I'm like, oh, God, that was just so good. Yeah, it was really scary. And the really scary abandoned hospital backdrop for the killing scenes was just. Yeah. But you called it out on one of your episodes, the whole like, really, she's naked and she doesn't feel that like cold, dirty, bloody hand like. Like, okay. And he's wearing a, a long sleeve and she even touches it. And it's like, um, your dude was naked too. Like, why does he all of a sudden have clothes on? <laughs> but what, what happened to all those babies? Okay. Right. <laughs> <sighs> all right. So mine, I bet you can probably guess <laughs> what my, what my top horror film is. 
Scream. Uh, but look, yep, <laughs> that's right. Scream, nineteen ninety six. That was my my girl Nev Campbell, and she didn't. I'm obviously. I think at first it was just we were blown away by the movie, but then by the time mm-hmm. you see the third flick, you're just like, man, I was ready because I think the only movie that I I like more than Scream than the first Scream would be Scream three, just because mm-hmm. of Sydney's square off at the end of that like just it's one of my favorites yeah and it was a good twist i thought i i enjoyed that twist more than any of the other ones i enjoyed yeah sure. I, I liked the the randy coming in like now we're in a trilogy a rarity <laughs> in the horror field but it does happen it does exist and, and then, then they screwed it by making a fourth one and now a fifth one but right i like i enjoyed the fourth one so i'm okay with it I was going to say, so the fourth one was a bit, it, it was very modernized for me. So it didn't have the same scream meta. feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but it did what I did like about it. And that's what, what kind of led me on was I scream four made me think of scream three and Randy's rules, which I did like because it made mm-hmm. you think of the original to get that vibe in there. But it made me think, is Sid, is Sydney really going to be safe in this one? Like they better right. not. They know that they can't. Sydney is like untouchable. Like they can't. Right. And so when it was like the, you know, the end the end of four was probably my favorite part was that don't fuck with the original. I was like, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> exactly. But Still I like that you get the all chair. the nerdy film kids trying to, you know, basically the only way to survive one now is to be gay. And it's like uh, not anymore. Right. <laughs> He's like, I'm gay. If that helps. Nope. <laughs> you can't kill me. I'm gay. That was the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How does that make you safe? Yeah, uh, it does not. <laughs> the only, I've decided other than Scream 2, if, if we're talking about real life, the only way to be safe in a horror movie is to be black because they're smarter than the rest of us. <laughs> they don't go investigating strange noises. They're like, nope, I'm out of here. Like, yeah, that's my thing. I was like, just, you know, I don't I know I don't look it, but that's <laughs> I'm black, too. So watching that yeah. watching Scream three when he came around, I was like, OK, first of all, that's the last exactly. I, I thought it was funny when he was running down the stairs. But that's the last thing that he would have done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I need to speak to who are the color people that they're <laughs> casting. And like, why do you think that that's what we would do? <laughs> like, no. If I'm ever in a horror type situation, I definitely need an African-American friend by my side that says, hey, you dumb white bitch, don't go in that closet. Facts. (laughs) Don't go check out that noise. What is the matter with you? (laughs) That was the funniest part of Scream 2 was Jada Pinkett Smith was literally Mm -hmm. saying that in the film, like, dumb bitch is actually going this way when she should be going that way. I'm like, yeah, see. Hang up the phone and star 69 his ass. Exactly. (laughs) Game over. (laughs) 100. And then she dies first. Like, well, actually, second. that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> that was a bummer. Next up, top comedy. Oh, top comedy. I did not put these in five to one order. So let's see. Oh, that's see. okay. For my top comedy, I think I'm going to go with Euro Trip. Euro Trip. Okay. Um, I haven't seen that since it came out. Oh God, I've seen it so many times. I quote it all the time and I have a lot of fond memories attached to it. And it's just freaking hilarious. That's like, the one with, um, what's his name in it? Uh, I can't even tell you any other names. Jeffrey Tambor's in it for like okay, five minutes. <laughs> no, I was trying to think of what's his name uh, that used to be married to Drew Barrymore. But I'm totally not. No, that's Road Trip. Road Trip. There you go. That's what I, I always mix those up. I know. <laughs> okay. Tom Green. Yeah. No, Eurotrip's the one where they, right after their graduation, um, 
they all go to Europe. Right. Because the guy has a German pen pal and finds out he's she, that his pen pal's a girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's um, been a long time. No, it's so funny. And it's just, it's something that my friends like years and like 10 years ago, 15 years ago, we'd go out to the bar, we'd get drunk, we'd come home and turn on Euro Trip. And it's just like so good memories. And it's just so quotable. And my husband and I quote it a lot. So. It's definitely very well quoted. I feel like I've quoted the movie a lot more than I've seen it. I know I've yeah. only, I think I've only seen it once and that was, I really? had been a teenager. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> you should watch it again. Some of the jokes might hit different now. Yeah, I should. <laughs> That's a good point. On my comedies, I really just wrote down some that came off the top of my head that I always laugh at and enjoy. If I really put more time into it, I don't think I would have put Euro Trip at number one, but whatever. I love it. It's funny. I'll always watch it. Like if it's on, or I just want something on in the background. There is a part. So this would never fly today. And I know I'm going to hell for laughing at it. And I don't know if you remember, but it's the part where the main character, Scott, finally gets to his girlfriend's house in Germany. And while he's talking to her dad, her little brother in the background has painted, has colored a Hitler mustache on his <laughs> lip. And he's in the background doing this and just walking and like back and forth like doing the hitler thing and his friend is like watching the kid i i laugh so hard i pee myself a little and i know it's wrong it's evil but it's just it's that kind of i feel like i remember seeing that scene i just can't remember the detail of it but yeah i'll go back and watch that again for sure it's very funny it's like yep i'll be in hell with the other people that laughed at that part but i've laughed at a lot of controversial stuff so Mine was a Jim Carrey flick and probably one of my favorite Jim Carrey's if I were to label what I thought was the funniest. So I chose 1997's Liar Liar. That was my one movie that uh, I'll never forget when I was, I think I was like 14 and I was sitting at the dinner table and my stepdad was like, I was doing all the lines from the movie and he was like, we don't even need to watch the movie. We can just turn Chris on. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, because. You know, Jim Carrey, you can really imitate. He's a very slapstick mm-hmm. comedy type guy. So the whole vibe. But Liar Liar was just hilarious. And from the beginning of the film all the way through to like the little blooper reel, because, you know, v- I, mm. I, oh, when yeah. I watched it, it was on VHS. So the bloopers were just yes. after. And uh, oh, my God, it was those were so funny. They're hilarious. <laughs> The one where he keeps spitting out the water over and over. He's like, oh, come on. They did that like 10 times. He makes the origami goose Mrs. Cole. (laughs) It's a goose. goose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that I have a hard time with Jim Carrey. I have the same problem with him that I had with Robin Williams, which is I love them both. I think they're hilarious. I love watching their films, but I feel like they both have such a state of mania that it must be just impossible to work with them. Like, have you ever watched an interview with Jim Carrey or with Robin oh, yes. Williams? It's just like, and it's sad because I know Robin Williams, like all the, I, I don't know if you listen to the Ben Affleck interview on Howard Stern that everybody's been bitching about, but he, he talked about working with Robin Williams on Goodwill Hunting and was just mm-hmm. like, you know, Robin Williams got mad at me because he met me one time and I didn't know who he was and I ignored him. He was like, I knew who he was. I was too scared to talk to him. Like he just always needed validation. And Ben Affleck was like, he's like the greatest comedian of all time. Why did he need anybody's validation? But I think a lot of comedians are like that. I think that's. Well, yeah. Comedians. That's their nature. They're very. um, You need the attention. Yes. 
they're very I'm trying to think of the like the right way to to put that but they're a very I, I mean open. I'm saying it in a bad way I know but you know what I mean. oh no not at all I'm that's how they are like comedians are very easily hurt their feelings are all yeah. on their sleeves so they're they're usually typically very sensitive regardless of mm-hmm. how they may respond outwardly that's interesting trained. constant validation exactly it's which is crazy because you know, the rest of the world looks at them like like Ben Affleck was something like, I'm looking at Robin Williams like this comedic genius who shouldn't give two shits what I think. And he really held on to this for like a year that he met me and I didn't know who he was. And it's like, man, yeah, the insecurity is strong with with them. And that makes me sad, but it does. It's they sad. also create magic like Robin Williams and Jim Carrey. That guy's freaking hilarious. Yeah, Jim, I watched an interview and to me, I mean, and see, here's my moment that I may go to hell for laughing at it because that poor girl, but he was on some red carpet for some event. And I don't even remember what the event was. I just remember what Jim Carrey described it as. And you may have seen it on like YouTube or maybe even seen it um, when it came out, but it uh, basically he is like four years ago or something like that. But he walked up to the girl and she was standing there with the mic and going to interview him. And instead of walking up to the mic, he walks past her and then comes back and walks towards towards her and stands there as she's kind of talking to him. She's kind of, you know, asking him and questions about why he's there and things like that. And he's, he's like, well, you know, I wanted to find the most meaningless thing that I could go to tonight that just meant absolutely nothing and oh. get as dressed up and I was just like the girl's face is just like uh like what do you do it's Jim Carrey and you're live and he's probably one of the biggest people you're going to talk to and he's just like bashing the thing like you're just like he didn't be like come on Jim don't be an asshole (laughs) right and I was just (laughs) but I just busted out laughing I was like oh my god (laughs) I can just imagine what she must be thinking that is hilarious so she just humiliated he he just humiliated her (laughs) yeah and she's like, I'm never going to work again. This is my last celebrity interview. <laughs> right. Like, okay. I mean, that one was almost as it, bad. She worked with them. Yeah, exactly. So, and I didn't, that's what I was, that's what I was thinking. I would have never, I've never actually heard any interviews of anybody that's talked about working with Jim directly. And I, maybe the kids might say that he's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything yet. He hasn't done too many behind the scenes. So I imagine he's got to be a manic pain in the ass like Robin Williams was. Yeah. And I mean that in the best way possible. Like people are going to like, why are you trashing them? I'm not trashing them. It's just that kind of energy can be very difficult to be around when you're in a structured environment, like trying to make a movie, especially trying oh. to make the movie funny. <laughs> yeah. Or especially like for Robin Williams and any, which to me, his serious roles to me are better than his comedic roles, which is what's hilarious. But you got to think being on the set of Goodwill Hunting is like, um, you can't have that kind of comedy all over the place because you're trying to be serious. I always liked his merged roles because, you know, obviously I'm, I wasn't used to seeing Robin Williams like in, you know, the Vietnam movie and stuff. So mm-hmm. now I've seen those and I, he's great. But when I was younger, I hadn't seen any of that. I hadn't seen his stand up comedy. I first really saw him as the genie and Mrs. Doubtfire. So I'm like, well, I really That's like true. his his blended roles. And I'm like, well, that was mm-hmm. more of a family movie. And I'm like, well, it wasn't. If you remember Mrs. Doubtfire, it was kind of a family movie, but not really. It was about a family falling apart. And I was right. 
that movie came out in like the early 90s and my, I was born in 88 and my parents were divorced and I think I, I mean I never noticed it when I was a kid but there were a lot most of most of my parents like where well, most of my friends parents were married and right. so I remember when one of my one of my parents or one of my friends's parents were getting divorced she called me and she's like you're the only one I know with divorced parents and I was like wow really <laughs> <laughs> okay thanks yeah I didn't That's you know I was weird in the 80s me, and- but I wasn't aware the of the 80s in California. I feel like everybody was divorced. Right. <laughs> exactly. So I was like, I don't know. But it was uh, it was a good movie to kind of get you through that because you have so much pain as a mm-hmm. kid and seeing that movie. And even though they because you as a kid, you still want them to get back together and it's not right. going to happen. <laughs> and so that movie makes you sad because they stay that way. But at the same time, it makes you feel good because your family's like that. So it was right. good. Well, I think movies like that are better than shit like the parent trap where it's right. like, okay, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get your mom and dad back together by doing this crazy, like it doesn't work that way. And as a kid, right. you don't believe that. And it's all fun and games, but I like seeing, you know, as parents, how they learned how to work together and, you know, yeah. whatever. I just thought the legalities of the parent trap were just a nightmare. How do you just split up two kids? Like <laughs> that can't be possible. I don't think that would ever happen, but who knows? I mean, who knows? especially twins so right all right right. next movie i have this is going to be fun for me (laughs) what do you have for action and you can share your list too if you've got more than one that you kind of i okay so i'm i misinterpreted this because i wrote five in every category um i would have thought a little harder had i realized i wasn't going to get to read them all no you can Um, share them all can can we go back to comedy and let me say clue is my favorite (laughs) Yes. Yeah. See, that's why we should, we can share, I can share some of my other ones. Cause I have multiple ones written. Yeah, maybe, down so we, can maybe share. we do our number one in each category and then just go back and read through them real quick. That's what I was going to, yeah, that's what I was going to say. We okay. Can do that. that works. So I think for action, that's what you asked, right? Yes. Action. If I have to pick, sorry, my, I'm having my 17 year old bring me more booze. No, nobody okay. yeah, nobody calls CPS on me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with speed. Speed. Okay. Keanu Reeves. I have other ones in this. Well, you know what? No, no, no. Change my mind. Number one, The Rock. I'm going with The Rock. Okay. I love The Rock. Now that's the, that's the older one. Nicolas Cage and, um, um, dude, James Bond. What the hell is his name? Yes. Sean Sean Connery. Connery. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I should have wrote down. I mean, there's so many good action movies. I think The Rock is one of the ones I find, and Speed, I find really enjoyable. I'll always watch anytime they're on. Um, Speed was killer. It, any Anytime I see a bus now, I'm always like, there's a bomb on your bus. <laughs> <laughs> I still do that too. Um, <laughs> but I really liked Nick Cage in The Rock. Um, I liked his character, you know. <laughs> and I always quote the, his friend. He's like, you want me to stick this in my heart? Are you fucking nuts? <laughs> Whenever my husband wants me to do something like I consider insane, I'll just say that to him. He's like, come on. (laughs) And I don't know if you listened to this episode, but our top villains episode, I picked Frank, the bad guy that Harris plays. Because I really felt bad for him. Like, he's obviously the villain, but he had reasons for doing what he did. And he obviously, that's another part where he's like, do you, 
He goes, you really think I'm going to kill 2 million people? Do you think I'm out of my fucking mind? Like, no, I'm not going to do this. We, we bluffed. They called our bluff. It's over. <laughs> and yeah. the other guys, no, I want my money. <laughs> exactly. Everybody else is just going to keep going. I feel Love it. That that's, movie. I always, yeah. I'm, that's why I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I listen to that because uh, villains are my thing. I, I always sympathize with the villain because mm-hmm. they're not really villains. I, I, my challenge is I want somebody to bring to me a true villain that they have found in not reading because I, I haven't read everything, but in films, bring well, me a true villain one. aside from Joker. <laughs> no, hands down. Uh, Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. One of the most evil people in the world who has no redeeming qualities and does not turn nice. He gets defeated. That's the only good thing about him, but he is pure evil. We don't know what happened and what the backstory was to make him that way. We don't care. <laughs> the, the problem is that he has that no film, redeeming by the qualities. way, was not a wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I like villains that have redeeming qualities, too. And that's what on that episode, most of my list was. It was um, Frank Hummel and... Other people like that where I, you know, they were bad guys, but I felt like they either changed like Megamind was on my list because he becomes a good guy. I love Megamind. I adore that movie. So, yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt as an animated superhero. Come on. It was great. (laughs) I I, I have that movie. I bought it and they're like, oh, I bought it before my son was born, obviously. And they're like, oh, that's cool. You got little kid flicks side here. And I was like, no, those are my favorite kid no, movies. Shut mine. up. Yeah, yeah. it's mine. <laughs> I we love watch Megan mine more than my daughter does. So it's fine. He doesn't it's like hilarious. it at all. He won't watch it. I'm like, whatever. This is great. <laughs> oh, my giant blue head. Okay. <laughs> well, Farrell's so good in that. So yeah. He is. Um, He's hilarious. But anyway, The Rock, I think it's a good action movie, it's a good story. It's very intense and um definitely a movie I'll watch over and over again. It is. It's good. I haven't seen it in a while, but I do remember it. And I remember I'll never forget the the cover. And that is if you look at that cover and you think of anything other than just the most classic action film <laughs> ever. Like, it's great. It's a great little it's a great little flick. It's got Alcatraz in it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, yeah, Bay Area Alcatraz. I chose okay. one that had the same actor as your original first, which was Keanu Reeves, except I chose The Matrix from 1999. Yeah, I had to that movie. I don't know if it would have hit as hard for me. I, I wasn't that young. Was I 11? Yeah, I think I was 11 when that came out. And I was in college. Fuck. <laughs> I think you're only 10 years older than me. I'm 10 years older than you. I was a freshman in college when the Matrix came out. It's OK. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, my fine. mom, um, she was telling me about it. And so she said she's like, you can watch because it was a new movie that they bought. And I really wanted to watch it. But she was like, OK, well, She's like, I think you'll like it, but there's going to be there's some things that I have to explain first. And so she kind of explained a little bit about the background of it, about the yeah, not really spoiling it, but just kind of trying to explain it without spoiling it. I really wish I could go back and remember exactly what she said. Like, how are you not spoiling the Matrix for an 11 year old while describing the concept? Right. Like, why is that chick running for a ringing phone when she should be running for her life? Like, right. Like, like exactly. Like, what? <laughs> what's going on? And, and yeah, there may have been pieces of it still that I didn't. But I was always kind of a little bit sharper. So I didn't I wasn't really that sheltered. So I was pretty not that I had like I a, wasn't either. I didn't have like a really colored upbringing, but I just didn't have a whole lot of restriction as far as 
you know, as long as it didn't have sex and stuff like that in it, they didn't necessarily care too much about. That was pretty much the biggest thing. My parents just didn't want me watching that on TV, but everything else, it was kind of okay. They knew they're like, well, you know, not to swear. And I was like, right. well, how, did you know that I know not to stab people? Like, how were you? <laughs> but no. <laughs> well, I think as long as you're teaching your kid right from wrong, it's understood that they know not to stab people. But yeah, maybe go over that just in case. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah, once I finally saw it, it uh, saw the matrix anyway, it blew my mind. And again, this was all another time when this was, this is the nineties. So I had to fast forward to the end to get mm-hmm. to the bonus stuff, the bonus content. But that was the very first bonus content that I ever watched was oh. like, how did they make this movie? And I really think that that was so Titanic and the matrix come together mm-hmm. in making me blown away by the filmmaking process. Mm-hmm. So those two films are what made me interested in how they make movies. So I had to put, I'm like, well, yeah. when it came to, to action, I had so many on my list that will go yeah, over me too. on everybody's list. Cause it's hard to pick a great action flick, but I had to go with that. Cause it's just, I mean, it, it was, was revolutionary. So many- yeah, I mean, if that's the other thing. Movies got freaking killed to death with that slow-mo shot for mm-hmm. <laughs> ever after that. So I had and to it go was definitely it. cool watching yeah. it, like the the bending backwards at a 90-degree angle and this like it was very cool. And I liked the movie, but it's not something I would watch over and over. My husband loves it, he loves all of the Matrix movies. I can watch the first one over and over. The the rest of them. Yeah, they're they're kind of just when you want to get more of the character, but you don't want to watch the same one again. Right. That's kind of what they're there for. But Carrie Ann Moss was what I loved yeah. about it the most was the Trinity character and making She's badass. Exactly. I like the strong <laughs> women kick ass model because she was basically him. But I mean, she was more experienced because she'd been doing it longer. So mm-hmm. he was kind of the the secondary up until the very last scene. And then it was the two of them, and she was basically equal. She killed the agent. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Like, Anderson. Yeah. Watch anything Which with Hugo Keanu Reeves. Great. Yeah. No, I adore Keanu Reeves. I think he's one of the best humans on the planet. So I will watch anything he's in. I saw this TikTok um, like several months ago that this guy was like, Keanu Reeves is the biggest asshole in Hollywood. And I'm going to tell you why. And he's like, I was on the subway and he sat down next to me and I said hi to him. And then some woman went into labor and he delivered her baby. And then the subway went off the rails and he saved us. And like just this whole elaborate of Keanu Reeves being amazing. And then he goes, I said hi to him and he didn't even say hi to me. <laughs> you have to hear it this guy did it way better but it was really funny it was obviously like a joke he's <laughs> just like <laughs> i think my favorite movie aside from the matrix <laughs> that uh, keanu reeves is in i wouldn't say my favorite movie i'll say my favorite role that he's played is always be my maybe when he plays himself <laughs> just from the moment he walks in sail <laughs> <laughs> yes and i, I love when people dying. can he's do like, that <laughs> The slow motion. Speaking of that, you've seen the preview for the new Nick Cage movie, right? Where Which he one? plays himself. No, <gasps> I don't think I have. I, I found it on TikTok. I can't remember what it's called. Ooh. I will send it to you when we're done. But it's Nicolas Cage playing himself. And this guy hires him to like come reenact all his movies or be his like sidekick or something because he needs the money. It looks oh hilarious. My God. 
that's going to be hilarious. Finally, something that's <laughs> he does everything and it's a running joke in Hollywood. So I'm glad that he's yeah. finally making some like fun at himself for having to do that. Like, oh it looks really, really funny. MPH is in it. It comes out okay. next month. So I'll, I'll have to send it to you. It, it made the trailer made me laugh real hard. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I haven't seen the trailer. I feel like I've heard mention it. I didn't realize he was playing himself, though. So that's pretty yeah. cool. I got roped into watching Willie's Wonderland and I haven't got around to reviewing it yet. But oh, my God. Have you not was, seen that? No. Oh, my God. So you probably <laughs> passed it up just like I did because it just looks the cover looks. First of all, it looks like an old movie, but it's not. It came out in 2021. But okay. he, uh, long story short, he basically gets locked in this old amusement. It's not really an amusement park. It's kind of like he gets he gets locked in a Chuck E. Cheese and the animatronic <laughs> animals come to life and try to kill him. And it's fucking hilarious. So it's like a FNAF movie with Nick Cage. Yeah. And he's just beating the shit like that. He realizes that they're trying to kill him and he just beats <laughs> the shit out of him and kills them all. Like, it's hilarious. It's just so- okay. I might have to check that out. Yeah, because when I first saw it, I'm like, okay, is this going to be and I'm glad that the per- somebody recommended it to me on Twitter and I'm glad that the person said it was funny because I was if you go into it thinking it's going to be a serious movie, you're going to hate it. But if you, okay. if you go yeah. into it thinking like, okay, this is going to be a funny concept because there's another little bit to it that you don't even realize until the movie is almost over and you're like, no, huh. no, that that is that has not been happening. <laughs> so it's okay. so funny. But yeah, it's worth it. It's okay, a, I might have to check that out. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, what did I watch? I watched Pig. So after I watched Pig, I went on a little bit of a binge, which it's funny. Um, one of my honorable mentions is a Nick Cage movie. So for action. So we'll talk about that. Okay. But not The Rock. Not The Rock. Nope. I, I think I know I what it is. The Rock on my we'll list. Wait. That's okay. But I did like it. All right. So the next one, your top dramas. To me, there was only one choice. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I wrote there. There was a million of them, but for me, I'm like, no, that one for the time Man. period that I took it out of. Yeah. I have four that all tie with each other. Um, I have some good ones on here. I guess if I have to pick one, it's Dead Poets Society. Oh, good choice. Yeah. I mean, it. Ugh. I can't even talk. I literally can't even talk about it. I'm starting to tear up. Yeah, I just I grew up watching it again. One of Robin Williams dramatic roles where he also has some comedy mixed in. But it's like, I don't know. That whole movie is just so beautiful and like raw and painful and just like. And I mean, Ethan Hawke crying. How can you not just sob like a baby? Like, come on. (laughs) Oh, Captain, my captain. I get chills every time we did a. My friend Jennifer and I did a top five Robin Williams movies um, around the anniversary of his passing. And that was my number one, like hands yeah. down. When I was watching that in class, I'll never forget when we got to that. Oh, Captain, my captain scene, because that was that's not a good movie to watch around other kids. Like because because of the tears, like I was like, yeah, <clears throat> right. <laughs> I'm like looking up like I can't you're crying, you're can't crying. break. But it was one of the first times I re- I remember how I felt after watching it. I was just mm-hmm. like, God, that was just such a good movie. And I think that's what made me realize my, my love of, of movies yeah. was in watching stuff like that. And particularly that one it was really good. Yeah. And you know, Neil committing suicide in the movie. Like I just didn't expect that it hit me so hard. Like I was not, I did not see that coming. 
Cause I really thought, you know, when the, when the teacher's talking to me, it's like, if you basically, if you can just get out of high school, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And like, I'm having to have that conversation with my daughter. Now, if you can just graduate high school, you can start fresh. You can do whatever you want. You just got to get through this, you know, era of your life. And then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Your dad can't force you to go to medical school. He can try to, but yeah, you're under his thumb now. And it's just like, he was so close, but the pain of feeling like his whole life was mapped out for him was just like, I mean, it's very much like Rose and Titanic, where it's just like, you feel like you have no choice in the matter, you know? Exactly. Yeah. But obviously Robin Williams stole the show. So the other movies on my drama list, I would say are all very close in how much I love them. But if I have to pick one, that's the best one. Fair. Uh, Mine are all yeah they're tier well I'll, I'll share mine because one of the other the alternate one that i i actually crossed off what i put and i wrote this one instead and then i was like no and i went back to the original one so well and that one was a, a tear jerker too and i challenge anybody to not cry or shed a tear or to get emotional when you watch it but yeah that's my honorable mention one it? not my oh, number okay. one well i can okay. tell you um i'll tell you after i say after i say okay. my number one okay. so what i chose was it's funny you mentioned Rose Dewitt Bicator. I chose Titanic. Titanic. Yep. Yeah. And I know some people are like, well, that's a romance movie. No, it is not. <laughs> that was one. It, I mean, yes, it was. It, I it put was. it in the romance category, but it I is a rom. It is. It is in. It is in the category. It is. But the it's reason everything. why I didn't put it, that was my thing. I was like, is that more of a drama or a romance? Because that's got, that's what I was going to put it as first was a romance. I'm like, no, I have to put that until I actually selected a, a more yeah. a true romance. And I was like, OK, yeah, that one, because okay. what I was alluding to with this was that it was just as much about the ship as it was about mm-hmm. them. But it was just one story of what could have been hundreds uh- 3000 stories like so exactly and so it's just kind of looking at the because what was it 2200 people on board so Mm -hmm. and i was trying to think of how many actually how many died that Uh, uh, but anyway regardless of that like i'm because the the majority of the people in the boats were rich so they were like the Mm -hmm. first class people and you know then there was Mm -hmm. obviously so many that weren't i don't know if there was 12 in boats but they were severely underpacked because they just didn't yeah nobody knew they weren't it's it's almost like they weren't trained for the situation and they, they were, weren't trained <laughs> yeah they didn't even so have those boats were for like, show. What is wrong? and yeah. they put a lot of faith and blind faith and i think it was mm-hmm. i think the what we call the tragedy of titanic because that's what made me i got really invested in the titanic itself because i just was blown me away too. that james cameron filmed the real one so, yeah, so I would have really paid all too. the money in the world to go down in that little submarine they used. But I, I was always obsessed with the Titanic before the movie even came out. Like growing up, it was always an obsession of mine. I'd read every book, watched every documentary. Like I just I, I don't know why. I guess maybe I'm addicted to tragedy, which is why I like true crime so much. But it it interests me how all that could have happened and how it could have been different and that that would be like a unrealistic bucket list item. I don't want to go to space. I want to go see the the actual Titanic. That's my bucket list item too. Um, and that was part of what made me. I think that James Cameron is God. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I will die on that hill because you remember you saw Titanic. You remember the little mm-hmm. red thing. Yep. Give me my hands, man. Yeah. Him, uh, James Cameron, and his brother built that. 
That's amazing. And because yeah. uh, his brother is an engineer. Yeah. Thank God for his brother because his brother does a lot to help achieve what James Cameron is wanting to see. And in terms of his world building, because that's the reason why that movie was so perfect. The production design, everything mm-hmm. was well, <laughs> except for one scene. I never understood why the backdrop when Jack was standing on the edge of the ship, well, the bow, because nobody nobody was actually allowed to stand there was one thing. But mm-hmm. when they when it wasn't him looking at the ocean and it was from the other perspective in the backdrop, you saw the people walking. That was just the fakest shit I've ever seen. So that <laughs> that one scene, it's like the worst for me. But outside of that, everything was great. And you have to really credit James Cameron to like how he combined the ship along with that. Mm. I, I have a picture of that. It was on my so phone. beautiful. Like, yeah, it was wild. The attention to detail and I mean, the chemistry between Leo and Kate, like you just can't. It was so I saw that perfect. movie in the theater three times and it was a three hour movie. Like that was like one of the first, I mean, now all movies are like two and a half, three hours, but they didn't right. used to be. I mean, yeah. I remember having Titanic on two separate cassettes because yep. they couldn't they, it all it's still on two different DVDs. It still comes I, on two different DVDs. Like that's wild. <laughs> I stood in line at Blockbuster waiting for midnight for when they released it on cassette so that I could buy it. And I remember, I think that might be the first movie I watched special features on. Yep. that I really remember. Um, my parents that year uh, for Christmas, both of my parents, because I had divorced parents, both of them each mm-hmm. bought me that big, thick, double VHS yeah. one. I had two different versions of it, That's but they, awesome. they both bought it for me because of how much I loved it. My little signature, I do like my initial, the K and the C, mm-hmm. is, is based on Jack Dawson, the JD that uh, oh. James Cameron drew. So, which you knew that too, that little fun fact, right? That James Cameron actually drew her. Yes, I did know yeah. that with his left hand. <laughs> yes. And I was cracking um, up. My dad's like, you can see his hands are all old. And I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a little bit of a missed. Like, OK, Leo's like 17. His well, maybe he was right. like 20, but whatever. Um, she was I've 17. Said, so, yeah, he was probably. Yeah. yeah, he was probably around there. I've said this on my show, but Titanic really like, and I don't want to say it didn't set unrealistic expectations for me because it actually set a very real expectation for me was any guy I dated after I watched that movie. I was like, would they be a Jack? And what I mean is, would they have been able to get me off that boat alive? Like if I'm not with somebody that can't strategically think and plan and be smart enough on their feet to be like, no, we need to go here. No, we need to do this. We need to stay on this boat as long as possible. Like, so every guy I dated and even like my husband, like my husband would for sure have gotten both of us off that boat and we both would have lived. <laughs> yeah. I've, I heard that episode. I remember you yeah. were t- talking about that and uh, cause you had gone to see that with some guy that you were dating at the time and you were mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> this isn't going to work for me anymore. <laughs> I thought that was great. And I was like, that's pretty good. I liked that. I was cracking up like every man I, I meet, I compare to Jack Dawson, yep. but not like that. <laughs> and, and, but the guy I was dating was a Jack, like the way you would compare to Jack. Oh, like got he you. That's funny. was very romantic, very sweet, wrote me letters, like would, you know, feed me grapes if I wanted him to, he would have drew me like, you know, just stuff he like that. Drew- but I don't, Draw me one of your French girls. <laughs> I posted a picture of my dog one time and he was laying in like a, a position kind of like that. <laughs> that was my caption. Draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> That's like one of the best lines of that movie. Uh, people don't recognize that either. 
Such a good movie. Yeah. One thing that I remembered about Titanic and it's my thing. It's I always like my little reassurances that I was meant to do film and be mm-hmm. in the film industry is that I remembered when I watched Avatar and they said, I see you. And I was like, oh, of course, James Cameron wrote this. The I see you thing, because that's what she says in that's what she says in Titanic. She says, you have a gift, Jack. You do. You see. Oh. And he goes, yeah. I see you. <laughs> yeah. It, it was the line that stood out to me as a kid because <laughs> I didn't get it. You really. wouldn't have jumped. <laughs> you wouldn't have jumped. I love when she's all, she straightened herself up and like waiting for this compliment. <laughs> it was it. a compliment. But... It was. <laughs> but I loved it. And I loved it. And one of the cool things about that movie, too, is that I really. I really like Kate Winslet and that movie, mm-hmm. he, he, the character describes it. He says that she's on fire, basically that mm-hmm. she's got, but that's how Kate Winslet goes into her role. She's always very commanding and no matter what role mm-hmm. she's playing. And she's very, she's just a very strong presence. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, you recognize yeah, that is. at a, at a young age. And she wasn't much older than, uh, than Rose do it. was supposed to be because she was right. to be 17 and I think Kate Winslet was like, what, 20 or 21? Yeah, like something that. like that. So, yeah, she was always like that. I think they got they both got kind of ripped apart when um, Revolutionary Road came out and they were like, yeah, oh, it's Jack and Rose reunited. And I'm like, I'm done. Yeah, well, they're not <laughs> the same. Ca- they're not the same characters, people. <laughs> oh, man. I actually yeah. liked Revolutionary Road, but I love it. People yeah. had that expectation and they were disappointed. And it's like, well. I don't know what to tell you other than that. It's two different. I, I think they expect it to be like a sleepless in Seattle. You've got mail kind of thing where they still had the same kind of chemistry, even though it was different characters. And I'm like, their characters aren't meant to have that same chemistry in Revolutionary Road. It's a completely different story. <laughs> and yeah, that's another. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of they're like, oh, it's like if Rose and Leo got uh, Rose and Jack got married and then divorced. Good one. So good one. All right. What did you have for romance? <sighs> okay. I had the obvious choice, but I think I'm actually going to change it. For romance, I am going to go with Crazy Stupid Love. <laughs> okay. That's a good one. I love that movie. That's I one of my top. I adore that movie. Yeah. Um, I, the Notebook is the obvious choice, and it's definitely in my top five. I mean, you know... I think the notebook sets unrealistic expectations for relationships. But other than that, I love it. Like everybody wants the old man that their husband is going to come read to them every day. And I have Alzheimer's big in my family. So I always tell my husband, you're going to have to be, you know, like that. But crazy, stupid love to me is it's realistic. Um, It's funny. It has a lot of different stories that all kind of intertwine and Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. I mean, you just can't, you can't recreate that kind of magic. I love that movie. One of my favorite makeover montages was the uh, was the one in uh, Crazy Stupid Love with uh, Ryan Gosling and uh, Steve Carell when he's like he like tears open his wallet with the Velcro. (laughs) It's like (laughs) your wallet away. That was like my favorite. He's just like the way Ryan looks at him, just so snobby. I know. He's just like. He's like, see, that woman wanted to have sex with you until you open your mouth. He's like, that's the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me. No, <laughs> yeah, this is. No, this is. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you got to love how he falls in love and he realizes like all this stuff I was making fun of you for is actually true and good. And all this, you know, he, you off. 
that scene with the two of them, their whole evening together where they're talking and then they, and she ends up covering him up with the blanket. And she's like, in the PG version of this, I pass out and you cover me up with a blanket and kiss me on the forehead. But that's not why I'm here. <laughs> I'm here to bang the hot guy that hit on me at the bar. Right. <laughs> Dang, I forgot his name. And he points to himself. He, Jacob. Jacob, there we go. <laughs> like, are people still saying bang? She's like, yeah, we're going to bang. <laughs> I love Her that friend was hilarious scene. too in that she was only yes. in a few scenes but she was great as a little comic relief I love her <laughs> he should be the least thing you should be studying is the gentle curve of his okay I'm hanging up <laughs> too much he'll smash you into his headboard until you see God yes um and I like when that guy turns around and looks at her and she's like in what world turn back around, turn back around. <laughs> she is on a show now um called the equalizer that has Queen Latifah yeah. and she's so good on that show she was in 21, but she only had a really small part. Yeah. She had a I didn't watch she Lucifer. a bunch of tiny little roles. She was also in um, the social network. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, she was loose. She was in Lucifer. She played the little like lab geek and I loved her. She was mm. so funny. Um, one of my favorite yeah. parts of crazy, crazy, stupid love was when he was just like, oh, David Lee Hagen. And he like he looks down and he takes his <laughs> takes his he ring, takes off, his ring off across the face. You know how much pain you cause my friend? <laughs> like, yeah. like yeah that was his boy like you don't care if we're fighting right now i would do the same thing like yeah exactly yeah yeah it was he was like what are you what are you doing with a 21 year old daughter he's like uh you had her when i was 17 that's why we had to get married he's like you should have told me that you told me i never talk about my kids <laughs> she's like you guys really know each other right Spoiler i mean alert, and that's kind of funny like when that all happened i was kind of surprised too i feel like he'd been mentioning her but it was so subtle that i wasn't catching when he was mentioning her so <laughs> i was like oh i missed that whole thing to even think that she was the same but i'd also i guess that would have made sense like why are we following around this chick oh because it's going to be his love interest that's kind of where my brain went and so right. i was just focused on everything else but I just totally got distracted with the story and I didn't even think about subtle. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed all of that. He's like, oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Well, love that movie okay. for my romance. Uh, I went with the obvious. <laughs> That's OK. <laughs> it's also a Ryan Gosling movie, but I was yes. a big fan of Rachel McAdams when she first started her career, mm -hmm. because I don't think people realized how much shit she did. Um, if you yeah. want to, I mean, look at all the different, she did red eye, she did wedding crashers, she did the notebook, she did, you know, she did so many different things. The family so. stone, which I just watched the yeah. other night. So I love red eye is so good. I forgot about that. Yeah, she did. Good. I don't know what ended up happening. I mean, she kind of just fell off, but yeah. <laughs> she was doing really good and killing it for a while. But mm -hmm. yes, I chose the notebook because, um, I was a bit of a romantic when I was in high school, I ended up falling in love with somebody that was um she was a little older than me she was a year older than me so i was still in high school and she was living in la but we had we'd met over the phone because she was friends with my cousin and okay. we ended up talking secret like without my cousin we used to do three-way calls and then we ended up talking oh to i remember the days <laughs> yeah those, those days so then we started um her and i just started talking and then when i went to go visit my cousin her and i met and it was like it was, I actually have experienced love at first sight and that's, that's what it was. We were, yeah. And it's a, let me tell you that feeling sucks because <laughs> it, it is really 
when you've had love at first sight that you think that you're going to be with that person forever Mm -hmm. because that's an, that's just an, it doesn't happen, but I'm being older and knowing what love is. I, I didn't realize it at the time, but go looking back on it. It was that's, we were completely Mm -hmm. enamored with each other. We couldn't even speak. We were just kind of staring at each other. I have experienced the same thing. Yeah. My Titanic guy. (laughs) Exactly. And in the notebook, that's what it was. He just was just so that I was Noah in that whole yeah. movie and I even enlisted in the military and everything and this came out in 2004 I enlisted in 2006 oh, so yes wow. when my parents asked me why I did it that's why I did it I had a lot of reasons I was very patriotic I was only 13 when the, the towers went down so that was a big reason why I did it yeah, yeah but that was the other reason <laughs> and uh, so joining the military just out of that service and I, I had the whole labor of love I was going to come back and get her and it didn't mm-hmm. go that way I even I came back and I went to L.A. and everything and uh, it didn't work that way. <laughs> it does. Life does not work like it does in the movies. And that was my no, lesson. It does that I not. Learned. And, you know, what's crazy is that the um, the person that I fell in love with at first sight was at a fair. And I remember that we it was my friend's boyfriend's best friend. And we, you know, I remember we rode a ride together and we were all pressed up against each other. And I was just like. I mean, it was, I was done, like just boom, that was it. And we were together for a while. And then, you know, people change, things change. And, but God, I, I remember even after we broke up thinking that was the love of my life and I screwed it up. And now I realize that's not true, but it doesn't take away from, you know, the love that we had. It was a very, it was movie love. Like, if you remember on Friends, when Janice is like, Chandler, what you and I have, it's like movie love. And I'm like, that's what I had with this guy. It was like they could have wrote a movie about that. You know, it was that good, but it's not realistic. I think the thing about the notebook is that everybody wants to know that somebody's going to have that level of commitment, that they're going to love you enough when you can't remember them to come talk to you every day until they remember you, even if it's only for 30 seconds, you know. And it, back when I saw the movie, I hadn't, but since then, I've seen firsthand what Alzheimer's does to a person. And it's, terrifying and it's sad and and it's in my family so I'm always like yeah what is my husband gonna do you know is he gonna be like that for me but also that's personal torture for the person doing it too so I think that it is some unrealistic expectations which is why I kind of like I watch the movie now and I'm like I'm not as romantical as I used to be either but also I'm kind of like that's very, very unrealistic and a really high bar to set for a married couple. Um, being married, it's not all sunshine and roses and it, you won't love that person every day. So it's like, man, you know, I just don't know, but it's still a beautiful story. And I mean, they die in each other's arms. Isn't that the way everybody wants to go? Like, I know. I was like, wow, they even, I remember at the yeah. very end of the movie, I didn't even really get that. I was like, wait, did they really just write that like that? <laughs> Yes, you're right. It is yeah, definitely an unrealistic thing <laughs> as far as all. But it's still it's Being beautiful. Both of us, both of us medical <laughs> people were like, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't work like that. You hope that's the the hope that you have, but it doesn't. That's the reality that gets shattered. Um. <laughs> but the thing that got me, too, was that she you don't realize it until the end that she had the foresight to write that because she knew what was happening to her because the inscription in the book says, read this to me and I'll come back to you. Right. So he didn't even write it. She wrote it. She and wrote it. Just like, yeah. Damn it. And that's what I loved. Like, about I wasn't it, crying enough. Yep. It was good. 
Uh, but yeah, I know because anytime and I now James Garner to... really is gone. I know. Ugh. I, I was like, him. oh, that sucks. Um, one so of my funny. favorites in the Western category was Maverick, which I know we'll get to, but God, I love that movie. I love him. Yeah, Maverick was. That's the one that um, I always get that mixed up with because I, I see the covers in my head and I always get it mixed up with Tombstone. I'm like, that is not Maverick. No. <laughs> Mel Gibson and um, yes, Mel Gibson. Clarice Starling. <laughs> yes. Um, Jodie Foster. <laughs> yeah. I was like, not Julianne Moore, but Jodie Foster. No. <laughs> I guess I'll, I, I don't know. Do you want to just like run through the rest of Because I, I wrote five in each category, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't. Um, um, yeah, we can do our, um, I'll do my, my Western one and then we can do film okay. noir and then go back through them. Okay. Oh, cool. My Western, I actually picked True Grit, but the 2010 version uh, oh, with, okay. um, with Jeff Bridges and Matt Damon yeah. and Haley Steinfield. Yeah. I, one, I my her. last name's Cheney. So having the villain actually be a Cheney was, was kind of <laughs> cool, but I loved Haley Steinfield that, or uh, mm-hmm. Steinfeld, that's her name, but she was she was the the piece to me that stood out the most. Jeff Bridges is always great. Uh, Matt Damon, mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't dislike Matt Damon. He's kind of hit or miss for me, but in this role, I liked him for it because I you he played the perfect Texas Ranger like eye roll that yeah <laughs> that you know he was just a good a good fit for that type of character because it's just like huh and Jeff Bridges right. a great. <laughs> just american version of lazy hero like you gotta go is great at everything. too old and too fat yeah <laughs> he is great at everything um and i actually remember the original true grit because it's one of the john wayne movies i actually yes. remember i mean i grew up watching all those but i remember that i liked that one and i also remember the snake scene because it gave me nightmares yeah. did they recreate that in the new one because i haven't watched the new one uh, that's the one at the it's at the very end right when they I don't yeah. remember where but with the rattlesnake that's about to get him or get yep. her or whatever like she loses her arm it's terrifying <laughs> yeah so they did they recreated it it's pretty good I enjoyed it it was good but um, yes I I liked the original to the John Wayne I mean that was one of the best John Wayne movies in my opinion so when this yeah. movie came around for the remake I was like oh money that looks good yeah I'm very very happy I need to watch it role. oh have um, you not seen it no I haven't seen oh. the new one yeah, yeah yeah Haley Ste- uh, Steinfeld just she just has that spunk and that attitude and she basically just like <laughs> drags Jeff Bridges out <laughs> and like and then also it. forces them both to uh, let, let her go uh with them on this journey so her her sass that she brings to that role was just I like that she made the whole movie and then um, the character that they got to play her older <laughs> was also really good this okay girl, it was pretty funny I am. Um, I didn't actually pick Maverick as my favorite western, but it was definitely on there. But my favorite would be Young Guns. Yeah, if I, I pick one, Young Guns is just. I mean, again, grew up watching it. It's a childhood favorite of mine. Um, I'm glad you had watched some but, westerns because I think my mom is what got me. There's. I have a lot of westerns written down actually. <laughs> I watched all the John Wayne movies with my grandma, but yeah. I probably haven't seen them since I was a kid. So I have like more modern day. I mean. I think the oldest movie on my list, well, they're all pre-2000, but they're not like John Wayne. I think the oldest one on my list is Blazing Saddles. Yeah. So Blazing Saddles. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a, that's a good one. It's a classic. Um, 
And they had three amigos, Tombstone, Maverick, yeah. Young Guns. Three amigos. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love the three amigos. The Martins. So. Which I don't know if you'd really call those westerns. Like, I mean, I do, but they aren't like your typical, you know, John Wayne Western types. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Well, it literally takes place on Christmas. Absolutely it is. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So yeah, you, you won't get that argument from me. I agree. Okay. So um, film noir? Film noir. As my All right. I had a hard time with this one because I feel like there's a lot of movies that could fit the bill. And then there's a lot of older movies. But I went with a newer ish one um <laughs> i picked an old and a new well i have four i only put four on this one but two of them tie so my tie would be seven and la confidential okay seven's pretty decent i like that one um what's in the box <laughs> uh. <laughs> what's in the box god that movie is so good yeah, that's good it's actually i haven't seen it in a few years i was gonna watch that today because it's i think it just hit netflix or some 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 streaming thing and i'm like oh yeah i'm gonna catch that yeah. i haven't seen that in forever the last time i, I think i saw it, it in- saw it was in butterfly effect because <laughs> that was the movie that they were watching in the yeah. theaters <laughs> i was cracking up i hadn't seen it in a while but it was on a couple of months ago and on like hbo or something i ended up watching it and i forgot how good it is yeah um, and then L.A. Confidential is just that perfect, like, you know, recap of 1950s Hollywood and like just but kind of like slimy and sleazy and just, you know, I don't know. I really liked it. Decent. I liked L.A. Confidential. It was good. I picked an old and a new. So technically what I picked for my number one was The Godfather which is fairly obvious, but it was my, the reason why I picked it was because when I was learning about all the different genres, like that was, mm-hmm. I just liked movies. Uh, yeah. Obviously right. I know this one's action, this one's Western, but really like understanding and breaking down film the while we watched all it's of these. Like, hard. Series yeah. Of movies. Yeah. And cause uh, I wouldn't have thrown the Godfather in that category. So, yeah. but Oh, and it's like, <laughs> yeah and it's like king of the of the noir when you go back in like historical ways because of the mm-hmm. like mob mafia and then like mm-hmm. the trumpet and <laughs> one of my favorite things yeah. is the family guy episode when he's like playing the trumpet and he's like <laughs> you're like what we need to do is <laughs> and you get a montage of like people getting killed and dead horse heads and <laughs> it was good like that. yeah and that was that was exactly it there was there was literally everything in that movie there's hollywood intimidation there's mm-hmm. you know the the discrimination against the sicilian people and then you've got the mm-hmm. like yeah. <laughs> but i mean and i get it i get why it was a series it was an import and it was like a big thing for back then but i is wasn't that a true or you think was that like a stereotype? I figured that was like a true thing that it was Italians did. Okay, it was, and that's why it was like, well, it was seventy two. So like looking back at it now, it's like, oh my god, did they, they even had the olive? But that was it was the reason why they chose that is because it was a true import, and it was one of the biggest imports from Sicily specifically, not just right. Italy. And Godfather so. too, they go back and show more of that, so you kind of realize how it exactly comes to be. But see, I think yeah. I went more aesthetic. As yeah. far as which and is hard, but my number two or my my newer film noir number one also number one. So my that was my old new film noir. Mm-hmm. My number one new film noir is Sin City. Mm-hmm. So 
love that. So exactly like when you're talking about aesthetics, I'm like, yes, yes. Why I chose that. Yeah. (laughs) That was on my list too. Yeah. That one's good one. I don't know too much about the sequel. I tried watching it and I haven't seen it. Looks pretty bad. I'm like, um, yeah, I, (laughs) I turned it off. So I I haven't, haven't made myself watch it again. (laughs) Hmm. I have not seen the sequel. Um, yeah. So I, I had that and then I, like my newest one, I had Knives Out and then I had yeah. Zodiac and the Zodiac. Mulholland Drive. Yeah. yeah. The Zodiac was good. You know, that's the, yeah, my favorite. Love that movie. That Bay Area killer. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember Zodiac growing killer. up and I remember when that all was happening with the Zodiac mm-hmm. and that was some crazy stuff. And I, when we were kids, we were all like drawing the symbols and stuff because we didn't know what any of that like meant but right. we were on TV. And I'm like, God, to go back to my childhood, like we had OJ, we had like, just mm-hmm. so much crazy stuff going on around. Well, the Zodiac had been killing since the 70s. So, yeah. you know, um, I'm still kind of sort of convinced it's uh, it was Ted Kaczynski. There, there's a lot of if you read into it, there's a lot of conspiracy theories that link him to being the Zodiac. But who knows? I mean, I hate that we'll probably never know. I wish they could. I'll be gone in the dark this shit like they did with the Golden State Killer, but I think it's too late for Zodiac to ever. I mean, I know they came out recently and the one guy, they think that that's who it is, but they still haven't really confirmed it. So I get obsessed with that stuff. What was the Unabomber's name? Ted Kaczynski. That's what yeah. I was talking about. The Unabomber. That's what I was like. Yeah. You're talking about the Unabomber, right? And I'm yeah. like, my only thing. So I was trying to, that's who I was thinking of right now. I'm like, I'm trying to think of how, because he wasn't really. I mean, the Zodiac was predominantly in the Bay Area, but I do know that he killed in other areas because of like the length of span. Yeah. So he went into hiding. So, I mean, Ted Kaczynski lived in a shack in the woods. <laughs> like, Yeah. I'm, and it would be hard to pinpoint where his whereabouts were. I was just trying to think exactly. of where he was at when those killings were going on. And like, OK, eh. I have, there's the a lot why of things I, um, that I have his book he was close enough. True. So I don't know. Could be. I don't think we'll ever know, which bums me out, but that's okay. I'll have to check it out. I'll have to I'll have to look into it and see a little because I actually have um I, I got into the Unabomber a little bit because that was our uh for us, you know, that was like the, the Bay Area thing. So mm-hmm. I did look into him and I, I actually have his book and I've I got about halfway through it before I, I put it down. But um yeah, he's pretty uh he was pretty not to not to justify you know what he did but reading his reading his little manifesto it's not wrong (laughs) yeah i I agreed with a lot of it and i I think any rational person that wasn't obsessed with technology and that can recognize how technology's bad as we're podcasting but right Uh, it is it's not really the greatest as we've stolen um, radio and made it our own (laughs) exactly so but yeah sorry uh, radio he's an interesting guy but (laughs) yeah yeah. for sure i know i thought about that too i was like that's why i liked my intro music because it it makes me think of um, Mm i'm being on the radio (laughs) yeah cool Um, all right we can go back through yeah so for horror my other ones included scream psycho the conjuring and nightmare on elm street nice i got so what do we have? I know what you did last summer. Mm-hmm. The Shining mm-hmm. and Alien and Aliens. Because mm. they were technically like, I guess they were considered like goth horror. Yeah. 
And they're they're good movies. It's just not my jam. I'm not really into that kind of sci-fi, sci-fi is probably my least favorite genre. Same. Well, sci-fi horror. Yeah, I'm not yeah, I, like yeah, sci-fi horror would be cool like with, last but, on my list. Yeah. Alien, I didn't really aliens, consider those movies horror movies until I yeah. like, got more into the film industry and realized that the rest of Hollywood thought that they they were mm-hmm. like, oh, I thought they were more like thriller action, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, all right. Comedy. Comedy. Is that the next one? Okay. Yeah. So Clue, which I said, yeah. um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, The Hangover, and Super Troopers. Yeah. No, wait, the old Super Troopers, right? Well, I like all of them, but yeah, the original. Cool. For sure. They were both, yeah, I was gonna say they were both good, but I always, I just, you know, I like the originals. And if I throw a sixth in there, uh, Empire Records. (laughs) I love Empire Records. I know, me too. I had Dumb and Dumber. Mm. That's funny. I had Dumb and Dumber, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and Get Him to the Greek, because I love Get Him to the Greek. It's a good one. Russell Brand's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I, I enjoyed forgetting Sarah Marshall very much. That was just hilarious. I Aside love from that all movie the dick so pics, much. Uh, I was good. Yeah. <laughs> but he was like, I got a surprise for oh, you. you. You can hear him <laughs> flapping back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, I love him. Uh, Jason Siegel is just, yeah. He's a gem. He's hilarious. So. He was my favorite as soon as he, after that movie for sure, but after he mm-hmm. uh, remade the Muppets, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. So cute. Yeah, I love him. And Super Troopers is another one like Euro Trip where I have super fun memories of like watching it. And it's just another one that I quote all the time. I'm always like, enhance, <laughs> enhance. <laughs> just, yeah, super quotable. All right. What's next, drama or action? action okay so speed which i said um die hard bad boys 2 and the hunger games decent i got terminator mm. Mm. face off og yeah Ooh, OG face off okay, face off was my the only that was actually a really close one i actually circled it and i was like no you gotta go with the matrix mm. but face off was one of my favorite movies ever but it's a it's a really good movie yes super unrealistic but yeah <laughs> i mean can we talk about how different their body types are like they i get it that the actors are amazing but could we not have gotten two actors with closer body types to and that was the realistic? whole funny part was that they they actually included that in in the in the movie in the description when they were talking about they're like i was like so are they gonna put a fat suit on him and they're like yeah we're gonna <laughs> shave like him down like so they told him that they were basically gonna shave off all of his body fat and get rid of those love handles and i was just dead like this is just so unrealistic <laughs> like but as a kid i was like this is this the best movie cool. ever yes. like oh shit they killed the doctor how's he gonna get his face but like i was mm-hmm. just completely glued to the screen from the yeah. mo- it was one of the movies that came on during like tbs or something and i was wild and crazy and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. like, our babysitter came in and she was like you guys are really quiet. We're like, shh. And we're just like glued. She's like, what are you guys watching? Face off. That movie is fantastic. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I loved it. And my mom is probably like, I can't believe you didn't put face off as number one, but she knows how much I love the matrix too. Okay. But all right. uh, Drama. Okay. So this is my category where they're all basically 
the same level of love for me. So I went with Dead Poets Society. I would say the net, the one that tied with it is The Town. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I have Almost Famous, Selena, and The Karate Kid. Selena. I can't believe I yeah. didn't put that one on here. I I will watch Selena anytime it's on. I don't care if I've watched it five times in the same day already. I'll watch it again. Um, I cry. And the same with actually the same with all of those movies. I mean, yeah. I cry. Karate Kid's in my top five favorite of all time. I think we all know this. So that's true. Yes. Well, maybe I, your I was glad to hear that you didn't uh, you didn't care that much for the remake of that. I didn't. I absolutely hated that. I mean, it was a fine movie, but it just didn't need to be the Karate Kid. It could have I been agree. another karate movie. <laughs> if it had just been its own movie, not related to the franchise, I think it was a good movie. But and that's why I said I can't. It's like well, it's Jackie like, Chan is Kung Fu. Yeah, it's like the Shining, the book and the Shining, the movie. I have to completely separate them or I will get pissed off. Once you read the Shining, you can never go back and watch that movie the same un- unless you separate them. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I've been told that and I, I already know. I'm like, well, there's no risk of me doing that because that book is like this thick. So pass. I'm good. No, the shot is no. not that much. Wait, it like Have book? you seen it or 112263? Yeah, those ones are like, oh, that was a, that was a Stephen King. I'm going to go back and rewatch yeah. that. Uh, I actually love that TV show. <laughs> yeah, it was good. OK, The Shining is worth the read. I um, it's not going to happen. I I've put it read on an it audiobook. like 15 times. Get it on the audiobook. It's, um, oh crap, what is that guy's name? I always forget his name. Oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Have you ever seen that movie, Dying Young? The really no. old movie with Julia I've Roberts. I've heard of it, but, and oh. if I did, I was. Yeah, you young. were too young. I mean, that movie came out before you were born. Yeah. I cannot remember. Anyway, the guy that reads it has a really good voice, and it's a good, it's like right on the tip of my tongue. All right, fine. I'm just saying The Shining is. I'll try, but what did I have for drama? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me start with my what I said was going to be my other tearjerker, which was The Stepmom. Oh, God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Everybody cries of The Stepmom. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, mic drop on that one. <laughs> yep. So there's Ugly that. tears. The, well, no, I left that off. Wolf of Wall Street was my other one. Oh, okay. Really I, I have a hard time a categorizing that one. I mean, yeah, it's it's based. I mean, it's the main the main thing that it could be is drama. I mean, it is. It's not really a biography, but it kind of is. It's yeah, loosely based. And then the my other one was Forrest Gump. Oh yes, which, of course. Like I know a lot of people are like, I can't believe that you didn't pick that. Like, well, I couldn't. <laughs> That's on my super long list of like, but I narrowed it down to five, but that one would have been close for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's the king of dramas when you think back on it. They had, I mean, everything in it was dramatic and it targets so, so many good. different things. And oh, such a good movie. Okay. Romance. So I actually romance. Two romance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've already said I had um, Titanic in the notebook. Um, I also had Sleepless in Seattle and Say Anything. Yeah, I love Sleepless in Seattle was a movie I watched when I was a kid and mm-hmm. I loved it. That was one of my favorites. The whole radio station call in. Mm-hmm. And all, honestly, it's You've Got Mail God. is almost <laughs> yeah, is almost as close for me. Like Which one? Both 
both of those movies are just so good and their chemistry is so amazing. Like I wanted them to be married in real life, but also I love that in Sleepless in Seattle, his wife plays his sister. <laughs> that was my, I was going to say it. I was like, yeah. And then his wife was in it too. Yeah. That was uh, also Garber, one of my who's also in Titanic. What's that? Sorry. Victor Garber, who's also in Titanic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, he plays very Mr. Um, Mr. Andrews. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was my favorite scene when the they were all sitting around the table and she's mm-hmm. talking about an affair to remember and they're talking about the Dirty Dust movie. <laughs> yeah. He busted his neck like, while they were parachuting down. And she's like, legs. <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, okay, you guys are making fun of me. I get it. <laughs> and the kid comes down and she's like, are you okay? He's like, she's fine. <laughs> That's so funny. Wait, I they- get that way about some movies too. Honestly, if I start talking about them enough, I'll start doing that. And that's kind of how, well, yeah, that's my, my example of the movie. Cause I didn't, I went back and I only watched an affair to remember because of sleepless in Seattle. Oh, nice. I was like, I'm not going to watch Cary Grant because I didn't feel for Cary Grant. What everybody else did. <laughs> well, we're also both too young for that. So. <laughs> I mean, my, my favorite movie overall, like most people can't name what their number one favorite movie is. My favorite movie is Casablanca. So mm. I'm very, I'm very much a, a lot of, I, I love that time frame, mm-hmm. like that time period of Me movies. Too. So if it came out in between like the thirties and the forties, like I probably w- would have seen it. The only thing I'm, I'm disappointed I haven't seen, and I'm making it a point to see is the big street with uh, Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda, because I, I just watched that. being the Ricardos. Yeah. I didn't even know. Was what it, it good? Was. So I'll say this. It, uh, cause I am going to review it. Um, it's okay. a, it is, if you watched, I love Lucy, you have to watch this. It's, it's I grew great up I love for Lucy. a lot of, it's yeah, it's, it's great for a lot of different reasons. I think there's going to be a lot of respect for Lucille Ball, especially with women in the film industry or women in the independent industry, anything like that, because she's just such a strong voice mm-hmm. and she was a producer. So there was that piece. I will say that Nicole Kidman did a lot better than Javier Bardem, not because of skill, but because Javier Bardem was damned from the beginning because you you've got a guy now that is probably the most famous Spaniard playing the most famous Cuban. And they're yeah, that was my thing. You couldn't get a Cuban actor. That's yeah, that's it's it's horrible. And it's noticeable. Javier Bardem, but whatever. No, but also Nicole Kidman's Australian, but she can also she her did. dialects, her level of her talent level is at a different level than his, I think, as far she as was, what she's capable yeah. of. Well, and the other thing, it's not fair to to put that same Spanish is different. And that mm-hmm. dialect and that accent is different. You can't just change your accent. But the, that was the thing was that it wasn't like he was changing his accent. There was a maybe he said splain. And that's because that was a famous Ricky line, mm-hmm. but it was famous because he's Cuban and that's right. how they talk. Like, you better not do anything on a stupid. They they talk yeah. like that. They don't talk like Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem talks like Indigo Montoya from The Princess. Yeah. Like, can <laughs> I think that most. Well, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm white, but I the feeling that I get is that a lot of Hispanic people, especially actors, feel that they can do a Cuban accent no problem and I think a lot can because Cuban is so unique you don't speak from, Spanish. 
Well, yeah, but I I think the accent is so unique compared to other Hispanic accents where it's like, okay, you know that that person's trying to be Cuban, even if they're right. not actually Cuban, you know? Right. You can but tell I the difference that- between Ricky Ricardo and Indigo Montoya. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, Whereas that's like when you got somebody with a famous, who's famous for having a thick Spanish accent. Oh, mm-hmm. Javier Bardem. Yeah. No. And that was my first thought. That's was, Spanish. <laughs> exactly. That's not Cuban. Like that's they're very I mean, aside from the fact that they're totally different countries, because we all know that. Well, yeah. You should normally when they're pulling somebody that's different continent going to be similar. <laughs> yeah. Like it, you would pick somebody to from like Guatemala or mm-hmm. Mexico to play one or the other. You know, you're you can't get anybody from even the same region. Like, I'm sure you could have found a Cuban actor in Florida. <laughs> I almost just said that. And I was like, well, but they didn't even get a Cuban person to play Maria in the new West Side Story. So yeah, which is another reason why I'm not watching it. Yeah. I, I West Side Story was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Well, I know. I know it's not yeah. a movie, but I saw it as a movie. And so that I did too. was my, yeah. my favorite. And I just watched that documentary on them. Um, now I'm drawing a blink on her name, but. I just watched that. Documentary uh, Rita Moreno. Yes. Loved it. I mean, all the strides they made that Spielberg did to try to be more inclusive in this movie. And you couldn't find a Cuban actress. Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, was I don't know, because I also like all of that seems different to me than like when people got mad that they cast a Puerto Rican person to play Selena. Like to me, that didn't seem like a big deal, but maybe it is. And I am not qualified to I... say anything about it, but I thought she did great. I may have agreed with that. However, because I I get it from the cultural side, you want to get somebody from the culture. So I get it to them. And I, and well, and let me clear, let me say that better. I understand it from that perspective, why you would want that because they were calling, who did they call? Somebody called Will Smith, a light-skinned person and I'm a light-skinned person. So I wouldn't consider to me, Will Smith is just black. He looks like my dad. So, but that's, but my dad is not overly, like, he's not, he's not dark. There's obviously darker, darker shade. Like that makes me think of uh, American dad. So if you guys are all related, how come you're not all the same shade of black? (laughs) That see right there. That's an example of something that somebody can say that all black people will laugh at because that's just, (laughs) is it's true because we aren't all the same shade depending on where we're at. There's like all of us out here that are in Arizona are a little darker than the ones that are in the bay area still all white people are the same shade like all nobody is the same shade of anything i think the closest is asians and even they aren't all the same shade exactly and that see that's the thing you don't hear about how and that i feel like it happens a whole lot more but it's even more racial because they we nobody knows the difference except for the people that are the that are of that descent so you get like Korean people to play Japanese and Chinese mm-hmm. to play Japanese and all of that. And you're thinking that they don't care. And like, they're, they're taking what roles that they can get. So that's why I said, I'm like, I do understand it from a cultural side and why they would want that. However, yeah. in that particular case, I challenge anybody to bring me an actress that would bring me, bring me a, a Mexican actress then that can nail Selena the way that JLo did. And you need to do it against mm-hmm. her performance i'm not saying well everybody's no it would be against yeah. her performance directly j-lo actually went to that family's house and spent time with them and right i mean they t- she had their it. blessing yeah and to so- be fair selena wasn't a mexican immigrant 
It wasn't no, like she, she was, came yeah. from. She grew up speaking English and learned to speak Spanish by singing. She exactly the so for romance I had wait we did drama right that's where we were at oh, we finished it out we finished rom- or did you say you're, you didn't do your romance sorry yeah I didn't do my romance yep so just uh, my other one I was so the one that I picked and then my alternate was ghost couldn't pick <gasps> yes oh man it was just it was, I mean can't really say anything about that it was perfect so was the apartment <laughs> yeah yeah that apartment holy <laughs> shit I was like, damn, you know, what was how the can they afford that? <laughs> yeah. The apartment. <laughs> like, do you know what the rent on that place had to be? Unless it was rent controlled, but still. Damn. Still shit. Like, but yes. So I enjoyed that. Um, Epic movie. Westerns. My, I had a lot. So I had the quick and the dead. Well, mm. not a lot, but more. But I had the quick and the dead. True Grit, the original with John Wayne. And then True Grit, the one that I picked. Magnificent Seven that's and a good one. Bad Girls. I don't know if you've seen Bad Girls, but that's an older one. That was 90s. Madeline Stowe, Drew Barrymore, Andy McDowell. Okay, oh I God, so good. remember hearing about it. It's fantastic. The four women on the cover. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, so they're basically four women on the on the run. They're harlots, I guess, is what they call their harlots. <laughs> that's what they call them back in the West. And one of them, her husband dies. So that's why she's doing it. And she ends up getting attacked by the sheriff of a small town. And one of the other girls sees it and kills him in front of everybody. And they go to grab her and hang her because, of course, the priest was right outside protesting the saloon. And so they run inside (laughs) and they grab her. And then uh, her little crew rescues her. And then she gets kind of swept up into this thing with her ex and he was like the leader of one of the most notorious gangs and it's like a big gunfighting shootout at the end like oh fuck it's such a good <laughs> I'm just thinking about it now it's just like every single scene is just great the acting in it is great all of the people that they get there's a guy that's in damn is it in that movie I think it's in Django Unchained I love that movie the guy that's that's yelling uh, yeah, before it, that is him. So before Christoph Waltz walks up, which is my favorite scene in the whole movie, mm. I'm but the fellow weary traveler. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy that he's yelling at that he shoots, that's the guy that plays Kit Jarrett. And I just okay. can't remember his name, but I the, I, I, I heard it. it as soon as I heard his voice. And he's like, <laughs> why are you scrambling around in the night? I was like, oh, my God, it's the guy. It's Kit Jarrett. <laughs> I knew him right away. <laughs> that's awesome. But uh, yeah, you should check that out. It's I think I, I feel like it's like 95 or 96 okay. around there. I remember seeing the cover for that. Yeah, um, where they're all with the Mandy McDowell yeah. thing. Yeah. And this will be the only time you ever hear me say this. Drew Barrymore was freaking hot in that movie. Drew Barrymore's hot in a lot of stuff. What's wrong with you? I don't know. I, she just wasn't my thing. I mean, she, I loved Drew Barrymore, but in this movie was the first that like on screen she was going for and just nailed sexy like she was great she was the hottest she was the the hot one in the group and you know she's blonde and everything but it was just uh it was on a whole other level i hadn't seen her like that (laughs) it was kind of like if you hadn't seen her since et it's like oh i don't know i saw poison ivy so i was scarred from that (laughs) oh okay well yeah that's okay yeah that's that's a good that's a good point yeah i also had american outlaws on my Oh, yeah. uh, Western list. Those are you had the a few that my mom. My mom likes those two. You had Young Guns and that one. So mm-hmm. yeah, those are her flicks. She likes those two. Nice. 
I already talked about what I had picked for film noir, which was yes. Sin City. All right. We well, gave people like a lot a of movies to watch. Bonus episode. Yeah, it was pretty long. <laughs> we'll call this one a, a full reel. You have yes. the maxi sode, so this is a full reel. The maxi sode, yes. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Amanda, for joining me on the show. Always appreciate you coming by. Thank you for having me. And if you wanted to do your little shout out to people to let them know where to find you. Oh, all. yeah. Um, my podcast is called The Sip List. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm on all the podcasting platforms. We've just started doing video. So if you listen to Spotify, you can also see me and my peeps on video if you're interested. We're not that compelling, but just if you want to see it on Facebook, uh, at The Sip List Pod, same on Instagram and then Twitter list underscore sip. Coolio. Yes, I'm a listener. So check yes, it out. You folks. are. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Real Film Reviewed. Before I go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Check out the Real Film Reviewed website, real-film-reviewed.productions to stay up to date on episode releases, podcast updates, episode transcriptions, and more. Follow Real Film Reviewed on Twitter at RealFilmPKC. Check out the online store, Real Merch, to pick up some gear to represent transcription service by podcasting network happy watching everyone <laughs>